I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi! Welcome to Scam Well! I'm Caitlin Brodnick. And I'm Ellen Hahn. And we love love scams! scams. (laughs) We love scams, we love you, and we love Ellen Hahn! Guys, we're so thrilled. We have Ellen Hahn. And if you can hear, you might, if you have great hearing, we have a saxophone player playing <laughs> directly below this recording. And it's lovely. And it's going to just like fill our story of mystery and deceit with a little bit of background music, or you could call it scales, you know, whatever. <laughs> I feel like it is, it truly is so New York City to have a neighbor who's a musician. That's iconic. It is iconic. And we, They moved in and the guy is one of the kindest people in the world. He's working his butt off. So he practices and it, we call it, he usually practices at like five or 6 p.m. And we call it cocktail hour because it's right when Alan and I are like sick of each other, sick of everything. And then we hear this beautiful music. (laughs) You don't have to go anywhere. You you don't have to like go to a cool jazz bar. You've just got it in your house. We got it in our house. We don't have any choices. We can't go to a cool jazz bar. We're just here. Yeah. So guys, that's what's playing in the background. If you don't like it, well, there's other podcasts you can listen to. But this podcast today is going to be the most fun I've been waiting. Ellen, everybody's obsessed with you. You guys know her from all of her amazing research, all of her great work. She's We've had her at least three episodes. <laughs> Keep them coming. Um, how are you, Ellen? I'm so good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you in this stage of the pandemic? You know, it's interesting. There was a moment in the pandemic before where I felt one was like trucking through and just like pushing through and going, I'm going to hold, grip my teeth and I'm going to white knuckle it and we're going to get through. We're almost at the end. And now people have been vaccinated and kids are like my son's almost there. And then a variant pops up and you're like, oh, fuck it all. Like it just really sends you back down fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. How are you with it? (laughs) I'm good. I did good. You know, I think that like, Well, especially with the variant stuff, it's like, guys, we just don't know. We don't know yet. We don't don't know know anything yet. And man, maybe maybe one of the benefits of going through all of this is I've become really cool with just not knowing stuff, (laughs) (laughs) which is really not my personality. Right. No, I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. I'm like ready to get there. I'm, but I think the winter weather of New York with seasonal affective disorder is really affecting me. Yeah. And I'm like, we should have moved to L.A. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think living in a place where it's really where it's pretty temperate all the time is a big. Yeah. You have a show coming up, too, right? Um, I did it last Saturday. Oh, oh, my gosh. 
I'm so excited for you. It's okay. We're going to do it again. This is in Los Angeles. Yeah. So if you live here, we're going to do it again in the late winter, like February, March sometime. But are you, do you watch Succession? You know, I don't. I just watch all the memes and I watch pieces of it. And I'll see like somebody as I'm scrolling, somebody will put a clip of incredible acting, like incredible acting. And I'll go like, I should really get into this, but I don't think I'm up for the commitment of Succession. <laughs> sure. I understand. It is a great, it's a great show. Uh-huh. There is a subplot. Okay, so there's a character named Willa and she okay. is an escort. She was an escort. She is now dating this guy, Connor, who's one of the sons, who's one of the sons okay. of like Logan Roy. What's his name? What does he look like? Uh, it's Alan Ruff, who was um, in Ferris oh, Bueller's Day Off. He's tall. Yes, okay. Yes. Okay, cute. So they're dating. And in the second season, there's a plot line about Willa is a playwright. And there is a plot okay. line about how Connor pays for her play, Sands, to be on Broadway. And it's pretty clear Ooh. that the play is very bad. Oh, I love this. This is not an important plot. This is a minor no. like subplot. No, it's but very if you're funny. a fan, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. So what I did was I wrote a play about <gasps> what is going on at opening night of Sands. <gasps> That's amazing, Ellen. That's so smart. So it's basically succession fan fiction, but <laughs> it's also like... That's you know, so smart. If you know the play Noises Off, it's like... Yes. W- the craziness that's happening backstage and also the craziness that's happening on stage. So it's very funny. Oh, I, it's very silly. It's just an hour. It's very fun. I love that. And that's so smart because the first thought you'd be like, oh, you can write your version of Sands or your version of the play and like write a shitty play, which is like the easy way out. But you're writing the complexity behind. You're writing great characters. You're writing faulty characters. You're writing bad scenes, good scenes. This That is so exciting. I remember when you were in New York, I was so excited. And then Lewis got really sick. He's been... At the second he started school, he'd just been sick every week. Poor guy. Is, I know. It's, it's a whole thing. We, we also seem to have to do the timing of we do the show exactly whenever there's a new variant popping up. So we did it in New York and oh. it was like everyone was just starting to be worried about Delta. Like, yeah. Delta just got a little dirty. Yeah. He got sick and Delta was dirty. And I was like, I can't leave the house. Like, I, I'm, he might throw up on me. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have to be here if he needs to throw up on a person. I'm the one. He chooses. Um, Oh, God, that is so exciting. So we are also going to link to that in our socials because, guys, you got to check it out. Are you filming it at all? Is there any recording? Yes, there's a recording of the there's a recording of the New York of the New York performance. um, And then we're going to be doing it in Los Angeles in February and March at the Lyric Hyperion Theater. Jesus, that's a Lyric Hyperion Theater. It's a great theater. It's in Silver Lake. It's like really it's small. It's cool. They have a cafe. Yeah, it's great. You're doing it. That's so exciting. You haven't been in New York that long. I mean, LA that long. And you're already like, let me just put a show up. <laughs> it's um, uh, it really, it's truly fan fiction. It's right. <laughs> great. That's great. I mean, that's what we all, I'm writing a fan fiction piece for Hallmark Channel. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So guys, we are going to get to our topic today. We have been dying to talk about this. I, we need Ellen always back when we cover Housewives. We are talking about the Jen Shaw of it all. The housewife, Jen Shaw from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which originally everybody thought was like a joke city. And it turns out to be the most disturbing place in America. <laughs> Yeah, it's dark there. It's real. real it's dark. so dark. If Okay, if you've never seen Real Housewives, the only few things you need to know is that they pick people when Andy Cohen, the grandfather of the housewives, they pick people through a series of friends. Like one housewife, one woman character will refer to another friend, somebody that they see in business, and they usually come upon as businesswomen doing it on their own. So because it's in Salt Lake City, we have a heavy Mormon population. And then we also have other intense church populate, you know, churches in there, very God heavy. And the one thing that you got to know before you even watch the season is that one of the characters is married to her grandfather. <laughs> now, to be clear, her step-grandfather. Step-grandfather. But, but yeah. growing up, she believed he was, like she ch- called him granddaddy. It's disgusting. And so there are so many folds in here. Tell me how you felt, Ellen, but I was like, oh, that's going to be the most insane part of this show. Oh, yeah, that's for right. Sure. That Same. Was. When I read about it, I was like, oh, Mary Cosby, that's, she's the crazy one. Right. And she I is, know. but there are others to match her. She is insane. And her fall will come quickly. Like it, it is, it is really close to come on right out. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's eminent. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Ellen, why don't you, I just had to get the grandfather marriage out of the way because it is the most, my husband was like, wait a minute. She fell in love with him. I was like, no, 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 no. There's no love. It was in a contract in the will from her grandmother who died yeah. so that the money was kept inside the family that yeah. also owns a church. And 
they said that God told the grandmother in this will that no one has seen, so it could also be fake, that Mary, the 19-year-old, had to marry her grandfather. It is so screwed up. (laughs) And it's also weird because that passed over her mother. So there's like something weird happening. I mean, there's a lot of weird things. Yeah. Oh, so creepy. The mom doesn't speak. Also, as I was saying to Alan, like the Mary hates her grandfather. Like you can tell these are married people. They have had a son. They have a real, they really had a child come out of her body and everything. But they do hate each other. And we will, guys, tune in again because we're going to have Ellen cover as soon as that breaks. Yeah, as, soon as, back in. as soon as that breaks. As soon as there's like money laundering with that church, we'll, we'll cover it. Immediately. We're going to jump into it. But then before we can even get into this crazy, a gentle explosion happens. Right. So none of this has to do with the lady who's married to her step-granddad. No. Is- <laughs> but I have to get that out of the way. Right, right. <laughs> completely different housewife, Jennifer Shaw. Yes. She's Tonganese, uh, but mm-hmm. grew and grew up and in Hawaiian and Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Grew up Mormon, grew up in Utah, I believe, um, or at least moved to yes. Utah like fairly early on. Um, and then is married to a guy named Coach Shaw, who seems like mm-hmm. the nicest, loveliest guy who is the special teams coach at the University of Utah. Yeah. A college football coach. Mm-hmm. College football coach. And he is he is Muslim. And so she has been converting to Islam. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, at least she was at the beginning of the show, and perhaps that's, mm-hmm. um, anyway, maybe she's busy with other things right now. Yeah, she's, got, um, she's in court right now. <laughs> so the Shaws always had, you know, they had a fabulous house, and Jen always dressed like head-to-toe designer, kind of a typical yes. housewife, head-to-toe designer. And custom designer. Yes. Bags, shoes, had a massive closet, and I, I truly was always like, something's fishy going on. Something fishy is oh, going yeah. on here because I know college football very well. And Coach mm-hmm. Shaw is not making enough money to pay for this lifestyle. He's not. He makes probably a good salary. He probably makes like uh, $200,000, $300,000 a year. But not that's not the kind of money that lets you dress in head-to-toe Gucci. Well, here's the crazy thing, though. So some of these colleges, I've heard from a friend that her family member was offered a like one point eight million dollar salary for a college football team. So some of these colleges, like you could, there is space where you could make that argument that you could be a millionaire with these college teams, but not in this specific university and not no, not and not at this level that he's in. And he's not a head, he's not a head coach. No. So he's not making a million dollars. So they were really banking on the cloud of like fame and college fame, which isn't actually the case. And I think that is what people that weren't jocks like you like didn't know what was happening were like oh I guess he's I guess he's rich <laughs> they don't they, they can't really put yeah, it together right and it, so there was always kind of a vague question of like where is this money coming from but, right I mean that's true of all of the housewives and with a lot of the housewives it's like oh generational wealth like they, always they were born with money they invested it yes yeah. I wanted to find out all about Lisa Vanderpump I was like where is she from and she oh, yeah and hers is like old British money like I think it adds to the psychotic <laughs> nature of these characters when they come from generational wealth. Like there's just like yeah. a disconnect that they've had that their parents have and their grandparents have had. And it right. kind of makes me go, oh, this explains their blueprint, like why they're so bonkers and rude usually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Why they have no uh, touchstone to reality. No, no um, class. Yeah. But she had, didn't have that. Yeah. So she then, so then at the reunion last year, it came out that she actually did have a job. She had this company and she talked in these like very circuitous ways where she was like, we own the algorithm that serves you ads. I totally bought it. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then Heather Heather Gay described her job as, she said, I always knew her job was unsavory, but I didn't think it was illegal. Well, it turns out it was illegal. Illegal. <laughs> Full-blown illegal. <laughs> yeah. So Jen was arrested on March 30th of this year, 2021, mm-hmm. um, as she was, and she was charged with conspiracy to commit fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Yes. And so she was arrested along with her assistant, Stuart Smith, who uh, you may recognize from the show, uh, Stu Chains. He's always around. He's always around and looks like he is like an accountant from Ohio. Like he doesn't, yeah. she's super glam. She has all of these people around her that are like head to toe glam. Everybody looks like they've been Botoxed, with the, Botoxed within an inch of their lives. And then Stu comes around and you're like, oh, like, did you bring the matzo? Like, it's just like, it's very chill. Yeah, he looks like a normal dude. He looks like a dad. Yeah, real chill. 
Um, and so they were arrested in federal court. This is a federal crime because yeah. the businesses were censored in New York City. Mm-hmm. So they were also arrested by the Southern District of New York. And they were charged with, I'm reading from the press release, uh, they were charged with carrying out a wide-range telemarketing scheme that defrauded hundreds of victims throughout the United States, many of whom were over the age 55, by selling these victims so-called business services in connection with the victims' purported online businesses. So basically what would happen is that Jen and Stu were part of this very large network of telemarketing companies that Mm -hmm. would get lists. They call them lead lists. They would get people's information that a lot of times it's legal for websites to sell. It is. Yeah. If you accept cookies on somebody on like a website, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times in the fine print, it's like we can sell your information to marketers. It's those terms and conditions. Yes. And also with when you sign up for these websites, we've talked about it before, they'll have like something that pops up and to the only way to get it away, the yeah. only way to get the screen down to read whatever you're trying to achieve on that website is to agree to these yeah. cookies. They're calling it very cute, cutesy, but they are, they like suck onto your information. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, it is legal. The legal version is like, oh, I'm on the Lululemon website and I've accepted the cookie information and then I'm going to start getting served ads for leggings, right? Yes. But so what Jen and Stu were doing and everybody else at this company was that they were taking these lead lists. And if like, say they had the list of somebody who of like a bunch of people who had like already bought something on this kind of sketchy website, they took that information, they sold that information to other telemarketers that they were connected with. And they specifically targeted those people and sold them false business services. So they would like call somebody up and say, hey, you have a business, you need to give us money. So we'll make you a website. And they would say, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then they would never build the website. No, exactly. And a lot of these, the first click, when we talk about those clickbaity icons and stuff, they usually would say, are you unemployed? Do you want to start working from home? Do you want to make like six figures working from home? So what the person would do is it was genuinely people that weren't comfortable because through a series of clicks, if you were, if you're computer savvy, you know, it's yeah. like bullshit, but right. if you're not, you'd click onto it, you'd put your name up and they would start at a rate of like, they always said under a hundred dollars mm-hmm. to purchase a website support or, and they would frame it as you're not that tech savvy. Let us help you. Right. So then once you get started on these websites, they would then send out to their other friends. Like these are 16 people who aren't tech savvy, call them yourselves and, and berate them. And so like Ellen was saying, like they, they would promise all these things and then suddenly the website would disappear. So they right. didn't even, they didn't even provide help. They only used you to sell your information. Right. And so Stu and Stu and Jen are making money from selling the lead lists. They're making a cut of the false uh, business services that are being offered. This isn't a pyramid scheme, but it was. It's kind. Of, you can think about it being structured that way. They're mm-hmm. basically making money at each level of people getting screwed over. Right. Because at each level, there's fraud. So at the first level, signing up, there's your information. That's a version of fraud that they can benefit from. Then it's putting in the first entry fee to be a part of the website, you know, editor. Then it's each month there, they charge the client, sometimes unknowingly, sometimes they, the person on the phone will call and say, this is so important. You need to give us the $300 that we can have our team upgrade you because a virus is coming. So each time any money is taken out, they are getting a portion of it. So this is also, they are part of a much larger investigation that goes actually all the way back to 2016. I don't exactly know how this happened, but uh, the ABC News article said, the investigation, which federal prosecutors called a nationwide telemarketing scheme, began with a narcotics arrest in New Jersey. Yes. Apparently the guy was involved in this. Yes. Yeah. So some dude gets arrested for narcotics. And that investigation leads them to the original phase of this telemarketing scheme, which happened in 2017. It blows up the whole spot. <laughs> well, yeah, blows up everything. <laughs> He's like, I love narcotics. I love phone schemes. What I do it all. I'm a savvy entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a jack of all trades and I'm high right now. So what can I sell you? <laughs> you'll buy it. You'll buy it. You'll buy it. You'll buy, you'll buy it. I'll buy it. <laughs> um, so that case was U.S. I think I'm saying this right. U.S. versus Ketabachi, which is the name of one of the de- defendants. And that was 2017. And they had 15 people plead guilty in that case. Wow. Yeah. So then the, the investigation doesn't stop. And in November 2019, they there's another case, uh, U.S. versus Chidi et al. Chidi is one of the defendants. So it's, they charge another 10 people in this telemarketing scheme. They're all part of the same organization. They're all part of the same like company. They're all sharing lead lists with each other. 
and they've had past organizations with with each other. Right. That's why that the case is ever growing because all of these different people they would then start a small fake company in their name and sell the list to their former friends at the other company, and then that company would close so that nobody could track them or declare bankruptcy, and then you can start a new company. So it wasn't just that one or two people were involved. It was like, say, a sea of these 15 people then all had their 15 other contacts. Right. And fake businesses constantly being created. Right. That's why it's, it's kind of like a pyramid scheme. It's like, right. Yeah. yeah. So Jen and Stewart's arrest came out of that GD case um, from November 2019. And of the 13 defendants that are charged in the Cheedy case, all so far, all but three have pled guilty. So everybody's talking wow. to this. And then also the breaking news, it's like not quite breaking right now, is that yes. Stu has pled guilty. Pled guilty. Yes. yes. I'm so excited. Yeah. Okay. So Stu, Grandpa Stu is out and he pleads guilty. And the, what's so funny with this and for all of the fans watching is that during the entire time with her both seasons that Jen has been on Real Housewives, you see Stu come up. Nobody knows really what his value is, but Jen continues to say, he is my lifeline. We're thick as thieves. We're connected. We're like brothers and all this stuff. And she keeps saying like, I do everything with Stu, 100% with Stu. So she is in a way putting herself in that situation over and over again. I think what she was trying to do was to say like, Stu never double cross me because we're so close. And no one question him if you question me. I think she was trying to make it so that Stu was on her side. But yeah. right now, Stu has turned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the worm has turned. I know. She's going to, I think there's a lot of things she's going to regret saying on television. So much. Yeah. She's <laughs> indicting herself. Yeah. So now where we are is that there is Southern District of New York, which is the United States of America versus Cameron Brewster, Chad Allen, and Jennifer Shaw. So they're like the last three. They're the last three standing. Oh. And it's an indictment. In this action charges 13 defendants with participating in extensive, long-running telemarketing fraud conspiracy that sold millions of dollars of essentially non-existent services and products to elderly, unsophisticated customers. So I think her her major fight was that now that this has become public. She was trying to get the case dismissed. Yes. And there, there's a podcast that I love if you're really into this stuff called The Bravo yeah. Docket. That's two lawyers who discuss a lot yes. of these things. I saw them on the documentary. Yes, they're <laughs> yeah. great. Their, their podcast is great. But Jen was trying to get the case dismissed, arguing that it had been a violation. It had been a violation of her Miranda rights, that she didn't know the document that she was signing because her contacts were dry and she couldn't read it. Her contact lenses? Yes. That's what her argument was. Wow. That was a legal argument. That's amazing. I'm going to use that from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, you owe me money. I'm like, my contact my are dry. Are right. I don't know where anything is. Oh, that's so crazy. Because she also, I did read too that she felt that the documentary coming out, the Hulu documentary, would sway the jurors. Yes. And so she wanted it to be postponed or adjusted because the documentary is showing her is very guilty. I think they're also, I think they've also filed to get the case dismissed again, saying that the documentary will um, sway too many potential jury members. Right. Which, you know, it, it, I, that I do understand that that could be the case. And I guess you would need some one who's never seen the documentary. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that they will be able to find 12 people that haven't seen the Hulu documentary. Definitely. People don't. She's not that famous. Right. Okay? She right, didn't right, break right, the right. internet. She's just unfortunate. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I have, on November 19th, Shaw's co-defendant, Stuart Smith, came to plead guilty. Um, and the Inner City Press Live tweeted it here. So they tweeted, now Jennifer Shaw's co-defendant, Seward Smith, is appearing at noon before Southern District New York Judge Sidney Stein in order to plead guilty. He says, I, Stuart Smith, I am 43 and got a bachelor's degree in sociology. Judge Stein says, mental illness? Smith says, no. Judge Stein says, any pills? Smith says, pills to sleep at night. <laughs> Dips. Uh, this is like intense. So Judge Stein then says, you are charged in count one with wire fraud and telemarketing, in count two, money laundering, in count three, obstructing of official proceedings. And then his, the assistant UN attorney Fletcher said, correction, in count one, he is charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Even though he's pleading guilty, they're still saying they still got to hold on that it's conspiracy to commit. Yeah, because I think the charge is different. Mm. I mean, ugh, I'm not a lawyer. So I, I think no. it's like conspiracy is different than actually doing it. Like, I don't think they right. have to prove that he did it. They have to prove he was planning. Okay. And then the judge says, you know, read this. What? Tell us what you did. And then he says, but read slowly. It's <laughs> really funny. It's like, look, guys, um, don't try to don't try to go too quick here. Um, Stuart Smith says, I knowingly planned with others to obtain money by offering many elderly individuals to entities I was involved in. In. I was involved in fulfillment companies in Utah, also Wyoming, which helps hide the ownership of corporations. I was aware it was misleading. We sold marketing that was of no value. And then the U.S. attorney says, please confirm there are at least 10 victims over the age of 55. And Stewart says, yes. So that is what he, what he just said that he did is they're going to turn that right on Jen. Yeah, I, I my guess would be that Jen's argument, it, it's amazing that she's going to trial. It is, I think amazing. most people that I have talked to about it who actually know about this stuff say that it's like a bad idea. And if she was their client, that they would have her plead. Really? Yeah. But I mean, what the, I, I would guess that Jen's argument, Jen's lawyer's argument would be that like she had no idea and Stu was the mastermind to this whole thing. She will. And and you know what? I think that is why he's pleading guilty because he's like, she's going to throw him under the bus. Right. Like, I'm sure his lawyers were like, she has said over and over again, you're my right hand man. You and me 100% we're together. And if she is, she's going to turn on him. I and mean, maybe he got the tip that like Jen screams at her employees. She doesn't care about turning on you. Yeah. I mean, I think that the um, generally federal charges are not brought against someone unless the U.S. Attorney's Office thinks they can win their case. Like, so mm -hmm. I think they probably have a lot of evidence, and it's not looking good. Well, yeah, and they've been collecting it for so right. long, and sort of, and and then I also saw on the Hulu documentary that we'll link below that a lawyer had said that just because you don't know something is illegal and you did the acts, that you can't get out of it. Right. Just being like, well, I didn't know you still did it. Right. Like it, that's your fault for not being aware and figuring out that it was illegal. <laughs> I believe her defense is that she was duped in some way. Yeah. But she also had worked with, so it also showed in the documentary that she had worked with these companies prior to this time, to this investigation, these sort of offshoots, has, as we were saying before, that it was a web and all of these people have side businesses and everything. She was connected to a couple of the other side businesses. Yeah. So it's not even like this one time she made a mistake with wire fraud. She has been involved in these companies for years. Yeah. The other people that have been, that have pled in this case generally have gotten like three to four years of prison time. 
So I think that that's, uh, the guess is that that is what Stu is probably going to get. Yeah. yeah. She was a part of a company called Prosper where they were, um, they were sent to court for waterboarding an employee. Yeah, um, she was the V, which is so insane, which she was the VP of a company called Thrive that were, was fined $27 million. And they used shell companies in Kosovo to like hide their stuff. Oh, Mastery Pro was the, Mastery Pro, which is yes. a stupid name, was the package that they were selling for social media. So yes. all these bizarre companies, Thrive, Prosper, Mastery Pro, she was involved with all of them. And so the U.S. doesn't, they, they know, they have yeah. all of this paperwork. They're like, you could turn over, but no. All of those companies are either shell companies or they're like cool workout studios. Like, <laughs> do you want to go to Thrive later? <laughs> yeah. We're thriving. <laughs> Okay, let's... Have- oh, so then the rest of the notes from this this um, live tweet that we got, they were just talking about like, when can they have the trial? COVID's coming. They said it wasn't COVID safe to have multiple people, three people being charged at the same time. It needs to be one person at a time. Mm-hmm. So I think they decided, and it was so bizarre, is that one of the um, lawyers was like, well, I have a lot of other people that are... that I have another case in Chicago, so I can't go back and forth. Like, it's really... We're, I always thought, court cases were like, oh, this is the day, this is the decree, and that's when you have to do it. These lawyers are like, well, that wouldn't really work for me. Let's do after the new year, maybe COVID. It's just sort of like the funny, like back and forth of scheduling. And I believe she finally has a date of like March 7th. Yes. Yeah. March of next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But yeah, like most of this is like, well, what date's good for you? Earlier or later? It is so funny, guys. I'm going to put it. Yeah. I'm going to put it in the notes. And she wants the judge even said, like, she wants a trial. <laughs> she wants to keep going. And her lawyer's like, yes, she does. She's not going to plead? No. So also, okay, so the judge does ask the U.S. attorney, is it the position of the U.S. that each customer of the sales force was a victim? And then the U.S., which is, which is, I believe, Jen's position, that she was a part of the sales force, but she was also a victim because she didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so the U.S. attorney says, it's conceivable that some of them did not have to be lied to. So many that individual would not be a victim. But if you're asking, was this a scheme? We say yes. Does that make sense to you? I think that just means that even if not everybody was a victim, even if not everybody lost money, it was still a scheme to get people to lose money. I see. And that the people working there, because Jen Shaw is considering that she is a victim. Yes. That she didn't know about any of this. And that, and which is just so Erica Jane of it all. Of like, but I'm the victim here. Yeah. Right. I think I think that what he's saying here or what the AUSA is saying is that it's conceivable that some of them did not have to be lied to. Some of them would just pay three hundred dollars without thinking would just give you the money. You didn't have to say like this is going to your website. I see. I see. Um, And then. Still, the justice, how do you plead to charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and money laundering? And she says not guilty. She is just going over and over. How do you plead not guilty, not guilty? So. Um, attorney said in Utah, Michelle posted no cash. We propose a $1 million bond secured by $250,000 in cash or property. Now she had no property or assets. She did just have to hand over cash, which was so funny. I'm watching this and I'm going, that's great. Like she's a renter. Like she has no ties. And my husband's like, no, that is like the number one fishy thing. Like if you don't have any, if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, she's trying to be, and you don't have any property that is shady because it's untraceable cash. And I was, I was like, great idea. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is my goal. I don't want anything. Not that I'm doing anything shady, but I don't want anything traced. I don't want anybody following my business. <laughs> you, you want everything in shell companies in Wyoming. Yeah, I just want a like, cute little shell company, but I don't want to sell it to anyone. I just want to like live to know that like there's some money here in a tiny shell. There's some money here in a tiny shell. Keep all my clamshells around <laughs> so that I also don't use the money because I would, you know, let, me, that's the way I can budget. It's just like put them inside these shells. Put it in a And little. then, yeah, put it in a little shell, seal it down, stick it in the sand. And then also nobody's tracking me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, that's how you, that's how you save money. You heard it here first <laughs> from Kayla at Scam Wow. Put it in a shell, uh, bury it in the sand. Oh, also in this thing that they're talking about from um, November, they're talking about is, does she have risk of flight, which mm-hmm. I guess is really common in, in legal courts. And it's, these are, I have not ever attended a trial and I don't know that much about it, but there's, they're talking, you know, is she at risk of flight? And they said, they've come to learn that Shaw is a participant in a popular television show. She is active on social media. It is unlikely that she would disappear. So 
they've also seized her passport because her passport was expired. Like, so right. there's this moment on the housewives where they all freak out that they could get in trouble. And then they gloss over it because someone's mad at Mary for being a cult leader and marrying her grandpa. But I do think there's something in that, that they're going to then look into each of the other accounts. I, I do think that will happen. Right. I mean, that's what the that's what the whole drama was with Sutton and Erica on Beverly Hills, that yeah. Sutton had offered to give Erica to like loan Erica money if she needed money in her divorce. And then all of the stuff came out about Tom. And that's oh. part of the reason why Sutton was so mad. Oh, I thought she just was like mad to be on a show with her. I didn't realize she'd given her money. Gosh, they cut that scene. That scene was included in like a never before scene. I see. Yeah. For a uh, cut for time episode. And she was just, it was, honestly, it was like sweet. She was like, I know you might not have a lot of cash right now because I've been through a divorce. I understand how it works. It's hard to, if you don't have a job, it's hard to access your money to pay your lawyers. So if you need any money, I'll give it to you. And Erica, Erica said no, but like, that's why Sutton was so upset because she was like, now I have, she was like, there's a possibility that I could be financially entangled in this. Yeah. Well, and that's what's so crazy because they made Sutton. Now, guys, we're we're jumping. We're talking about Beverly Hills, Real Housewives, where Erica Jane, she's also in a trial. We have also covered that on our episode, um, on a different episode. But they, throughout the season, they make Sutton look just sort of like a paranoid, crazy woman. Yeah. And she's, and I'm sure Erica made them cut that scene because she didn't want to look pathetic. And instead, Erica just looks like a psychotic, like dog with a bone, like just going crazy. Okay. So I think my hypothesis is that like, Lisa could have been involved in some case. Like, I have a feeling that maybe Meredith was involved at one point and then jumped out because Jen, guys, also Jen Shaw has like harassed her gay young son and she threw like pieces of her like accessories at her employees and she has records screaming at them. Like there's there's a lot of, besides the money laundering, there are a lot of people that are quite upset with Jen Shaw because she is like an aggressive screaming woman. Yeah. <laughs> She's mean. She's straight She's up so mean. mean. She's so mean. She's icky. And in the documentary, it shows her one family member that talked to her, that would talk on her behalf. I don't know if they had anybody else, but her one family member, her aunt, was sharing how Jen was really uh, like abused and had a lot of emotional trauma and had a ton of racism growing up and that she has a lot of baggage coming out. She really has always wanted to prove herself. But inside all of that, she did throw multiple objects at her assistants. <laughs> And scream at people. So she contains multitudes. <laughs> you know, it really, like, Coach Shaw on the show is just so nice and lovely. And there's got to be a good person inside of Jen that, like, she just should have yeah. gone to therapy a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, that, like, she should have gone to therapy a long time ago. And who knows if she even believes in it because she looks very much like she's doing her own thing. But it also looked, there was a part that I completely related to her in the sense of, like, I'm not going to take this sitting down. I'm not sure. going to take people to think that I'm some poor, underrated nobody that people have given me shit my whole life. She wanted to go farther and she wanted to show them all that she could be fabulous. And that desire and that need and that sort of fame is very common and is why people pick Real Housewives. Like you watch yeah. Real Housewives and all of these women have all of those characteristics of wanting to be the coolest, baddest bitch who's super rich and can flaunt it. But there's this element of how she went about doing it was nothing savory. I think also part of that is Mormon culture, too, where Mm. you do kind of want to present as perfect. Very presentational. Yeah. Yeah. And that society, you're like, I get my Botox, I get my teeth done, I fit in here. Like there's each city, I feel like, has its caveat as to what would work. Right. And so, yes, that being behind the Mormonism, being behind the perfectionism, it's just, and it's just hard because... It, it did seem like she probably thought this was a really smart thing. Well, most yeah. scammers do. Most scammers think they're yeah. like so smart and you have no idea. And I would believe that she would have no idea that this would, you know, they had like testimony from these incredibly sad stories and incredibly heartbreaking and just people's lives that were really ruined and families and people that have now since passed away. And you have people sharing of how, how they experienced this and how they got bamboozled and everything. And I I probably would say Jen probably didn't see that. I mean, I, you know, she probably like didn't know firsthand how it was destroying someone's life, you'd think. Or was actively choosing not to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I don't know how you would live with yourself if you really thought about, 
Yeah. About the amount of money you were taking from other people. Well, yeah. And and they, could she ration it with like the way that lots of scammers do that go, well, they have tons of money to spend. They're not doing anything with it anyway, or they're right. just going to give it away to some some stupid thing. Like, let's be smarter than them. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's weird because you see her talking about her family and crying. And in another episode, she said, Coach Shaw said to her, you know, you're too angry. You've got to control yourself. All of this is like randomly reflective, but also completely out of touch. Yeah. <laughs> as our housewives are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of the things that we want from our housewives, because I think you could, I mean, you can also, we could describe like Lisa or Meredith as so weird, so and, weird. and a little out of touch. They're like, so weird. They're a little removed from what reality is. But yes. And it's what makes a television show. I will tell you my favorite character and everybody hates on her is Whitney Rose. Whitney is hysterical. She's brilliant. And Whitney coming out. Okay. Because you know, Whitney's husband owns an MLM, right? Or is a vice president of an MLM. No. Yeah. He, he, uh, oh, shoot. Let me look it up. But this it's is like so a, funny. It's like a supplements company. It's, uh, wow. it's an MLM. I, to its credit, I think it's pretty clear about the fact that it's an MLM. It's not trying to okay. not be an MLM. Because it's not illegal to say, I am an MLM. This is what we do. Like, that's right. not illegal to, right. to say your company is a marketing company that then, to put it all out there, we should say. Right. But a lot of the MLMs, like the LuLaRoe and everything that we talked about, they hid behind it and never really admitted it. Okay. So uh, Life Vantage Corporation is what it's called. It's like Herbalife. It's like supplements and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but and that's why, but she, but I loved in the bus when Whitney was like, yes. fraud, it's fraud. <gasps> Me too. I was, okay, so we were watching one of the episodes. It's Highway to Veil. It's a, we'll link it too. It's a great episode of television. And through all of this, the women are just going, my God, my God, call my lawyer, call my lawyer. Oh my God, can you believe it? What are we eating? Like, it's just these like bizarre feelings, tears, people opening bags of nachos. And then, yeah, Whitney is sitting in the back. She's like the cutest little thing, perfect blonde hair, looks like a Barbie doll. And she figured every single thing out, all the questions she was pulling it up on her phone going well that's fraud that's wire fraud that's intention to commit conspiracy like she her she knew the terms in new york yeah she did it was incredible and i everybody was like can you believe it and i think she what well, she was saying one of the women was saying from ozark she knows like from watching tv like whitney must be a true crime junkie yep. because she has done her homework and instead of anybody saying oh i should listen to her like let me jump on the whitney bandwagon they were like it's weird she was so smart <laughs> that was their response like it's weird that she knows something and it's like yeah you dumb fucks like People can learn. People, people can be people kind can of, know things. Yeah, people can, can be kind of quiet, and then their interest can be in understanding what is fraud. Yeah, and it does seem like maybe with her husband too. Yeah, and I think she. I love her. So MLMs. I couldn't get actual information like what the laws exactly are, but MLMs and like yeah. telemarketing companies are really popular in Utah because Utah just has a lot of lax business laws. Like it's pretty easy to start a company mm. in Utah. There are a lot of. I didn't know that. It's very friendly. It's very, it's very tax friendly for small businesses. Oh. And then the MLM thing is also part of like Mormon culture where it's, uh, you know, women aren't encouraged to work. Mm -hmm. it, it, like, it's like, you can do it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That yes. whole thing. It's also very American. Like, it, yeah, yeah. And in certain places. Well, I mean, MLMs and telemarketing companies walk this very fine line of what is legal and what is not legal. And yeah. I think that's like when, when Heather said, I always thought Jen's business was unsavory. I didn't think it was illegal. Like, yeah, the line is really fine. You can, right. if you were, I mean, there's a world in which Jen was running this company where she would charge elderly people $300 for a website and then they would make them a shitty website. Like that's legal, even if it's kind right. of, right. And that's unsavory, but it's legal. Yes, and if she didn't, um, she wasn't on the tech side. She was on the sales side. So she was right. doing the sales. And so the tech side is something that has nothing to do with her. And I think that it's so shocking that she's bringing this to trial, but it's also her hubris. Like she yeah. wants to explain that she's innocent, but I don't think she's going to have enough to. And as they've said mm -hmm. everywhere that like, they will make examples of her. Like yeah. if she wants to bring it to trial, the judge will make an example of her. And they usually do that with their housewives to on a wide scale to prevent other people from doing so. Yeah. So crazy. I think she's going to go to prison and I, and like, 
Yeah. Man, okay, so what did you think about, like, I loved the episode after the Highway to Veil episode. Yes, Where they're all sitting around the dinner table talking. And I yes. totally, man, I really, I really felt with, like, both Meredith and Heather. When Heather yeah. was saying, like, I'm not going to abandon my friend. I will go visit her in prison. Like, yeah. Jen, I've been through a lot with Jen. And then Meredith being like, I'm never going to talk to this lady again. And I was like, you're both right. You both have different relationships with Jen. And completely, I, th- I think that Heather, if that's what Heather wants to do, then Heather should do it. And if that's what Meredith wants to do, Meredith should do it. Right. And Heather's coming from the place of like redemption. Like she felt that she was like scorned and let go from her religion. And she wants people, she's a former Mormon and wants people to give her a second chance yeah. and give her a chance to grow. But Meredith is coming from the position of this woman was terrorizing my son. Yeah. Employees have stolen things from my store why would I want to be around her? Like, why? Of course. I feel that Meredith, and rightfully so, was being walked all over. Yeah. So she's also, as a person, saying, like, her own mission statement is, like, I'm tired of being walked on. Like, I'm tired of being a pushover and people thinking I'm not going to, you know, hold them responsible for the things that they do to me. So I was, I completely related to both of them. Yeah, totally. And also, so Meredith hired, was another housewife that we're talking about, hired a private investigator because she was receiving bizarre texts from Jen Shaw. Now, all of, they believe Jen Shaw. All of the housewives were receiving horrible DMs, bizarre texts, really mean things. But Meredith's son, who's in his early 20s, I believe, was also receiving this. And so at that point is when Meredith was like, I'm going to hire a private investigator. I want to know who's sending my son these texts. And I would feel the exact same way. There was nothing wrong with that. If somebody's coming for your kid, sending their personal phone scary, icky text message of like, I'm going to kill you or it's going to come for you or you're a racist idiot, like just crazy things out of nowhere. I would do whatever I could to protect my kid. Yeah, for sure. And I like, and and I know a lot of people have kind of laughed at um, Meredith saying she called him a twink like (laughs) over and over. And like, I guess it's just, like, there is a little bit of nuance to the fact that, like, Brooks was saying, like, I saw her vagina. It was gross. Like, that wasn't great. But also, like, Jen is the adult in what was going down. And Jen should have said, hey, you know, that made me feel uncomfortable. Like, let's come to an understanding. Right. But instead, she just unleashed on social media. There's none of that. And No, right, there's right. none of that. Right, yeah. Right, As right, you right. said, there's no therapy. There's no, no, no thoughtfulness. Yeah. She's throwing <laughs> things. She's screaming in her designer wear. Yeah, there's it's so interesting because I also think these women are like, but we're on a TV show. <laughs> the right. side of it, like, nobody wants to admit right. it, but they're also like, I'm going to talk to her because I need a plot line. Like, I don't want to get fired. <laughs> There's that other weird thing. I very frequently on these shows, like, imagine, I'm like, oh, well, this could all be solved if they just talk to each other. Like, I, yes. I think about the yes. conflict resolution and how we can maintain their friendship, but that's not what the television show is. And they don't want to. And no. I feel I feel like if I was on the show, I'd be like, as soon as we wrapped, I'd be like, I never want to speak to you ever again. And then speak to them at the next season. Like, yeah. that would be fine for me. I'd say that this is my job. This is a hellish, whatever, six, seven months. And then I'm free from these whores. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Of course, my favorite franchises are the ones where there are real, like, friendships and relationships. Like, I know. Honestly, that's why, like, Salt Lake City is great. So Whitney and Heather are cousins. Yes. And and Meredith and Lisa, We're like, old friends. Something's going on there. But I think, the, like, they have a friendship that goes way back and... And like Potomac, like all the women in yes. Potomac are such good friends. And I know it's yeah. so good. I have to, I have to parcel out my housewife so because immediately I want to start screaming at someone. Sure, 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 <laughs> the sure. second I turn the TV off, I'm like, who's giving me shit today? And nothing has happened. And I'm by myself and I'm just looking at my dog and I just like scream into the ether. But they do make me so aggressive after watching it. I'm ready to fight. Oh my God. So what do you think is going to come out the woodwork now? Like if you were you could hypothesize on what's going to happen next. Well, I think, I mean, when Jen goes to trial, I think she's going to be found guilty and I think she's going to go to prison. Wow. How long do you think? Um, So I was talking to a friend of my sister's and she was guessing that like the most that she thinks would be like 10 years. And that would be like if the judge wants to make an example of her because that's longer. Everybody else in this scheme has, well, the people in this scheme that have pled guilty, like I said, have gone for three or four years. But if she's not pleading, then it might be, then it would probably be more. Anyway. Wow. And because um, I'm thinking of Teresa Judice, who was also in prison. She was only for like two years or one year? I think it was year? less. It was like a year and a half or a yeah. year. But she, I, I believe that they pled guilty also. She did plead guilty. And then she, 
she was continually from the time on said she didn't know what she was signing, yeah. which might be the situation that Jen wants to put herself in. So she doesn't want to plead guilty, but she still wants to say, I don't know what I was signing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or what I was agreeing. Oh, but that God. won't that won't work as we've discussed. That won't work. How is she gonna how is she gonna keep up with her designer trends in prison? She won't. No. <laughs> she won't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And is she gonna go to, I guess, federal prison in New York? Maybe um, if it's a New York case. I, I, I don't really... think I don't uh I I don't know. I actually I think yeah, that I she could go closer to Utah. Like I, I think they yeah. take family into account. Oh my yeah, god. I'm I so know. this is so intense. This <gasps> is so intense. And also, guys, I will say if you're, you know, if you haven't been watching the show, she continues to film the show. I know. So, uh, while all of this has happened, while she has to give money to the court, while she's handing over passports, she's still filming Real Housewives. She's still doing public appearances at strip clubs as a host. Like she's still making an income and doing things and speaking on film. She could completely get herself in trouble no risk just constantly saying she's innocent and still filming i know and i think that they have subpoenaed bravo to get all of the unaired footage like oh yeah yeah there of course it's recorded it's evidence yeah it's all evidence oh my gosh this is insane this is bonkers and we'll see what happens we'll give you guys some updates as soon as we get them as soon as the mary cosby of it all comes out <laughs> as soon as her church falls apart will be your it's so insane your breaking news, Housewives scam spondents. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And guys, if you have any theories, if you're a lawyer, if you know anything about this, or if you're just like, this is what I think, guys. I've been watching these Housewives and here's my thought. Let us know. <laughs> Write us at scamwellpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on social media at scamwellpodcast. Uh, you can DM us, DM us, and we'd love to hear from you. Because this is amazing. And thank you, Ellen, for this. Oh so fun. It was just so fun to hang out with you. It's always fun to hang out with you. <laughs> so nice. So nice. I don't want to stop, but <laughs> we do have a tech crunch. All right. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too. Thank you so much. Scamwell Podcast Season 2 is produced and edited by me, Caitlin Brodnick, produced and edited by Caitlin Moltenhauer, and edited by Jesse Karen. We are part of the More Banana Podcast Network, which is an all-female-owned and run network for women's voices uninterrupted. If you love us, the best thing you can do is rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help us tremendously. Thank you guys so much for listening, all of your support. We're so happy to have you here, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But Wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make season two even more memorable together.